And now will you join me in prayer? Gracious and loving God, we come now and ask that the light of Christmas would shine in the darkness, that you would speak to us as only a living God can. For we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, the radio interview was proceeding really quite nicely until one of the panelists blurted out, it ruined my life. Your Christmas specials ruined my life. Because Christmas has never been like that. Now, Andy Williams was being interviewed on public radio where he described He was described by the host as a man who practically invented the Christmas special. I don't know, maybe you can remember those Andy Williams Christmas specials from the 60s and 70s. I certainly do. He was on the set that was made to look like someone's living room dressed in a cardigan sweater in front of a fireplace with his family, children all angelic, wife adoring. And then he would sing a song. And then, just as soon as he ended that song, there'd be a knock on the door and some other celebrity would enter. And the scene would all of a sudden turn into another song. And they'd sing it together. It ruined my life, said the speaker, because Christmas has never been like that. There's audience laughter which was the point of the comment, but it also captured something, I think, about our corporate experience of Christmas. Life just doesn't all of a sudden become perfect and sentimental. There are still family squabbles if you're still fortunate enough to have a family. Disease doesn't take a holiday. There's increased pressure to impress others at the office and relatives and your neighbors. Money problems only get magnified at this time of year. And the disparity between the way things are supposed to be and the way things really are is just especially apparent at Christmas. The ideal and the real are just so far apart. And it can cause a lot of pressure. I was about 16 years old on Christmas Day when I opened a gift from my uncle. Now, my uncle lived far away on the East Coast, and we rarely had a chance to see him. But I remembered years earlier when he was on leave from the Air Force, and he visited our home in his Volkswagen Beetle, which was a convertible, and he looked so studly in his uniform. I just thought he was so cool and exciting. So I was completely disappointed when I opened up my gift at the age of 16, and here's a Hardy Boy collection of stories. Now, how out of touch had my uncle been? Did he think I was still 12 years old? I mean, clearly he didn't know how hip and cool I had become. I was already driving. I mean, this time with a license. And my immediate thought was, this, this gift is four years late. 
And my estimation of my uncle's coolness took a decided turn backward. See, this is a real problem at Christmas. A gift means love and thoughtfulness and caring and celebration. But each one of us is so different. What's a wonderful gift for some of us is seen as incredibly impersonal by others. We desperately want to get it right because the downside risk factor is huge in giving gifts. I mean, I once gave my then-girlfriend an athletic bag for Christmas. Thankfully, I recovered from that mistake, and she married me anyway. (laughs) But I'm sure in her estimation, my cool factor and my thoughtfulness just took a downward turn. Even though it was something I actually wanted myself, I failed to really appreciate or understand that the idea of gift-giving is to be sensitive enough to know what she wanted. Maybe something a little more personal. An inappropriate or thoughtless gift communicates a message we just don't want to communicate. Now, I suspect some of us are thinking about the gifts we've just purchased and a little worried about it right now. There's just so much anxiety at Christmas time. Some of our anxiety is attributed to our desire to ensure that everyone receives a gift at Christmas and has some reason to celebrate. Maybe you've seen the ads for Toys for Tots that the Marine Corps and the Salvation Army support, or maybe you've made a contribution to Chips for Kid that the California State Highway Patrol supports. These programs are supported by our communities because we can't bear the thought that there are kids out there with no one who loves them. Or at least if they have someone that loves them, they don't have enough resources to buy them a gift. And we're concerned that there won't be a gift for everybody at Christmas. And so our heartstrings are pulled, and we become a little more generous at this time of year. But that kind of adds to the pressure, too. Now, some of us actually re- Some of us actually appreciate receiving an acknowledgement of a gift that's been given in our name at, say, the Alternative Christmas Fair to an important social need in the world. I mean, many of us have enough stuff already. We don't need anything more. But some of us, if we get a gift like that, we think, well, that's a cop-out. It's simply a way of saying that you don't really know me. You don't really care or really understand me, or you would have given me something more personal. So, in some ways, Christmas becomes a bit of a test of our love and our care for one another. That's a lot of pressure. And it's difficult to hold the personal, the relational, the spiritual, the economic, and the political dimensions of our lives together at Christmas. Look, there's no such thing as a December that goes by without at some point you ask yourself, why are we doing all of this? There's no such thing as a mother and a daughter-in-law who actually look forward to fixing Christmas dinner together. There's no such thing as a male over the age of 20 who's easy to buy a gift for. 
There's no such thing as Christmas lights that work more than one year. Your Christmas specials ruined my life because Christmas has never been like that. And that's a testimony on some level I think we can all relate to. But the Christmas story is written for people just like us. It's not a sentimental fairy tale that helps us all become a little more generous at this time of year. Christmas is good news for all people everywhere. It's not just about recreating the past experiences to make us feel a little better about ourselves. We live in this fast-paced, rapidly changing world with real problems. And that's the very world that Jesus entered on Christmas long ago. He didn't simply make an appearance on the Christmas special and go into song with Andy Williams or Amy Grant or Josh Groban or Beyonce. Christmas is a story about all of us. It's a political story. I mean, the very first line in the story in Luke's Gospel is a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. The Emperor was known as the Prince of Peace because he had brought an end to a 15-year war. And he wanted to know how many people he controlled in his kingdom. He was preparing to tax them. And he wanted to know the extent of his riches. The Emperor was playing God Jesus is coming into the world, and it's a world full of money and power and political influence. I mean, the Magi come telling of this new king about to be born, and it creates anxiety for Herod and for all those in power. And the dynamics that would eventually crucify Christ in the Roman Empire, all those dynamics are already present at his birth. This is a story about real economic and political power. I mean, who says religion and politics don't mix? Have you read the Christmas story? But Christmas is also a human story. A pregnancy for a teenager is no joke, then or now. Mary wasn't expecting it. She was wasn't preparing for it. She didn't want it. It was exceedingly hard for her to explain. And think of Joseph. All his jealousy, all his mistrust, and now it's focused on God the Father. Physically and spiritually, this baby belonged to someone else. Physically, emotionally, and practically, it was a challenging birth without any family support. And so much can go wrong at a birth. Now, Christmas is a very personal story about love and isolation and tragedy and the testing of our relationships. For some of us, it may seem like the Christmas story has nothing to do with me personally. But this is a very personal story about life and love and relationships, and about hope, 
and the surprising future breaking in. And Christmas is also a cosmic story. I mean, there are big events that are happening in the heavens as well as on earth. Angels and this light show <clears throat> light up the night sky. Angels are simply messengers, and so too were the shepherds. There's a virgin birth in this story, which is the language of the time as a way of saying that God was again creating something out of nothing, just as God did at the beginning of creation. Christianity is a cosmic story. It's not simply random fairy tales that are strung together. This is about cosmic reality and the entire universe is involved. Christmas is also about social change and the perennial problems that we deal with with homelessness and hunger so many people in the world. The story tells of empowering people and the intervention of God for the sake of those who have no place to lay their heads. The inn was full. This holy family has to flee across borders to Egypt to escape the dangers of the political reality of the time. So many of us, I think, believe Christmas is really a sentimental children's story. But look again at the story about homelessness and forced migration of the holy family. This is a contemporary story about social dislocation. So Christmas is about so much more than just the love of our families and a little bit of generosity. Christmas is a story about life, about the universe, about philosophy, about the spiritual, about everything else. This is a story about life's biggest questions and the origin and the destination of all humanity. The greatest significance of the story is that it tells us the truth about God. And it makes these philosophical claims that there's a logic about the way the universe is made. And that logic or logos in the Gospel of John is not an abstract and arbitrary thing. That logos wills to become flesh and blood. There's no truth about the universe that is not connected to our present reality and there is nothing about our present reality that is not connected to the universe. Just spend a little time in this story and you'll find the source of your deepest longings and you'll find the subject of your deepest questions. It wasn't a departure from reality that they experienced. It was the almighty and everlasting God breaking into their reality in a surprising and unexpected way. You see, the Christmas story is fundamentally about God's longing to be present to us 
in all of our dimensions. Personal, spiritual, relational, political, social. There is no part of us that God does not want to meet. And no part of himself that he doesn't want to show us in all his glory and wonder and mystery. So you see, God has really thought of everything and of everybody. And he's given us, each one of us, the perfect gift, the ultimate present. God meets us at Christmas with the present he has been preparing for every one of us since the beginning of time. And that present is himself. In the least threatening, the most needy, the least imposing and the most irresistible form imaginable, a tiny, helpless baby. So you see, Christmas has never been like those Christmas specials. Thank God. Christmas has always been about God's gift for you. Merry Christmas.